from Stillmeyer Games, and I'm joining you as usual. It's Wednesday, it's 10 o'clock here in St. Louis, and I have some fun Stillmeyer Games news to show with you, to share with you today. Um, and show to you, actually. I have a shirt to show you. This shirt was kindly sent to me from Lisa at Epic Loot Games. And uh, Lisa designed this shirt. They have it up on the Epic Loot website, which I'll post in the comments below so you can see where this shirt comes from. Post that here. I also have another link that I'm gonna post now while I have it handy. I'll be talking about that in a second. But again, before I move on from the shirt, thank you, Lisa, for the shirt. Um, if anyone gets the shirt, if you like the shirt and you wanna get it, uh, I have the link in, the, oh no, I just posted the same comment twice. I'll delete one of those. Um, here is the Epic Loot link. Um, the shirt runs slightly big. This is a medium on me. So if you normally wear a medium, I would get a small. I would go down one size if you go and get this shirt from Epic Loot. And let me see where Epic Loot is located, just so I can remember. Epic Loot is located in Dayton, Ohio. So if you are in Ohio or in Dayton and you enjoy Epic Loot games, let me know uh, what you love about them in the comments below. Uh, so that's the shirt I'm wearing. The other big news I wanted to mention today, the other link that I shared here, uh, is that we have created a scoring app. So far, it's just for Wingspan, but we plan on adding other games to the app. It's a Stonemaier specific app that eventually I hope will contain all Stonemaier games that would benefit from having scoring compiled in an app. And so you can score in the app, you can store, score your scores in the app, and hopefully eventually we'll add some sort of leaderboard system, system so you can see like week to week how your scores are stacking up against um, other people's scores. So that's an eventual plan for it. Right now it's just a bare bones version of the app, although it's pretty nice. It was designed by Paul Hart, um, who also designed the scoring app for Garpill Games. And Shem, Shem at Garpill Games was very kind to recommend Paul to me because I heard great things about their scoring app. So I put that in the comments here. Uh, currently, only the iOS version is available. It is completely free. The scoring app will, will, is free and will always be free. Um, and so currently it's on iOS. We're just waiting on approval from the Google Play Store to have the Android version too, but it is pretty, well, it is ready. It's just uh, waiting to be released. So yeah, we have these scoring apps uh, just for you. Uh, as this was intended to be part of our 10th anniversary celebration, but it wasn't quite ready for the announcement last week. So I'm glad it's ready this week uh, because I have uh, bad news this week. That's the good news this week that the, that the app is ready. I see people joining us, including the wonderful Frank West of the Isle of Games. Thank you, Frank, for, for chiming in today. Um, I asked Frank a question. Frank, you're doing, I don't know if I missed it already, but you're doing like kind of an ask me anything on the Dice Tower, I believe. And I asked a question for you on, um, on Board Game Geek. So let me know if that's already posted, Frank, and I missed it. Uh, I'll get into the bad news in a second. Let me see if there's any other questions I need to ask. Here we go. Lex says, can you speak about the decision to put Wingspan on Board Game Arena? Major props to both Stillmeyer and Monster Couch to allow it to go on such a great platform. Um, and yeah, I, I, I want to echo that. It, for any of our digital games, we first reach out to our full AI digital partner, in this case, Monster Couch, and we say, hey, are you okay with um, us trying to get this game on Board Game Arena and Monster Couch? And we, and we share the revenue with them from Board Game Arena. So Monster Couch was very kind to say yes to that. We like putting our games on Board Game Arena because it lets people play them more often, play them with people they wouldn't be able to normally play them with. Um, ideally to be able to learn the game and then maybe also buy the tabletop version. Uh, it seems uh, to me a, a, like a win-win situation for all parties involved. And Lex, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It is, uh, while it is our 
decision to go to Board Game Arena and say, and say hey, uh, we'd like you to put this game on there, it's up to Board Game Arena to actually implement it. And so we've gone to them for other games that they have not found a developer who wants to put them on Board Game Arena yet. Um, and so we're hoping to get more games on there, but it's up to them to actually do it. Let's see, Lisa says, uh, love the idea of the app. Will you be porting the Red Rising scoring tool to it as well? Yeah, we're hoping to have, well, the scoring tool, um, we're hoping to have a, a, the, the app will hopefully someday score or at least save scores for all of our games, um, including Red Rising. But we wanted to start out with one game to see, to make sure it worked well and to make sure people were enjoying the interface to work out. Uh, and we have tested it, but you know, testing is much better when a lot of people are using it. So. We will take the data that we learned from this the scoring app and apply it to the the other games that we add to the app. Uh, the app again. If those of you who are joining me late, I, I've announced that we we have a scoring app for Stillmeyer Games now that starts out with Wingspan, and we're going to add other games. The link to the app is in the comments here. I'll post it again for those of you who might have missed that, and it is on our website as well in multiple places. Um, uh, this is a free app. It's currently on iOS. We are waiting for approval from the Google Play Store. It should be any day now. They have the, the app in their queue. And um, yeah, you can go check out the scoring app on, uh, on the iOS store now, Google Play Store in the very near future. Tom says he's in the U.S. on his honeymoon and he's able to watch this at a normal time. Usually it's a late night watch. Tom? But what, uh, what's going on with your honeymoon? What are you What are you doing here? Yeah, let's see. He says, anyone have any good board game store recommendations in New York City? So it's like Tom is in New York City. Um, we used to work with, and I think we still work with um, um, Millennium Games. I think they're in New York. I think there's a great gaming cafe in New York City. I, I can't recall the name of it. Uh, Josh says, I, re I just recently uploaded a blog about my journey into the community and why I love Stonemaier as part of your 10th anniversary. Thank you so much for doing that, Josh. Feel free to share a link in the comments here if you'd like to share it with other people. Um, I really appreciate you writing that post. Allison said the Uncommons. Yeah, that's the that's the board game cafe I believe that I'm thinking of, the, the Uncommons in New York City. Uh, Joshua says, huge props for your minimum wage stance. Already a fan of your games I own, and this just makes me look closer at the games that I've overlooked. Thanks for sharing that, Joshua. Yeah, this was a blog post that I posted um, a little over a week ago, it's called Wages, Inflation, and Labor Day. This is my Labor Day post. And I talked about how uh, for a long time, the minimum amount that we would pay anyone to do anything uh, would be $20 an hour. Um, this isn't for our salaried employees. They earn more than that. Uh, this is for people, if we have a specific task that they're really good at and we ask them to do that task and they accept, uh, then that used to be a minimum of $20 an hour. Due to inflation, we've decided to increase that to $25 an hour. Um, uh, we already had in, in, in place a policy for a salaried employees that they would get a cost of living raise year to year, forever, uh, always, uh, because uh, if you don't do that, then the person's essentially losing money. They're, they're making less money than they were before. So uh, we've carried over that, that uh, policy to increase the um, kind of the, 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 the contract rate, the, the minimum contract rate that we pay for people for a specific task. Another blog post I wrote last week was about our 10th anniversary celebration. So that was Friday's post last week, all about the 10th anniversary celebration and um, all the things that we're trying to do. And an update about that. Let me get to the bad news. The bad news is uh, the container still has not arrived. And so there's, there's a container that has the, the promos for Rolling Realms. Um, it, has the, it has Smitten, the game that we're giving away. 
and it has uh, Between Two Cities Essential Edition. All these things are over here in case you missed them before. Here is Smitten. Uh, this is a two-player, one to two-player cooperative game. And we have the Between Two Cities Essential Edition. The container, which left China in early July, is now scheduled to arrive late next week at best. Um, so I originally, well, last week I said mid-September. Now it's looking like late September. The the thing is, and I know I know you're trying to track like when these things arrive so you can you can make a purchase. The most important thing is that I will let you know um, via our e-newsletter and our champion newsletter. So if you subscribe to either of those, I'll also make a post on the Summer Games Facebook page, but I know those are easy to miss. But if you are not a subscriber to either of those things, uh, that's that's how I will disseminate this information. Um, I, I really can't provide a date because I don't know when it'll arrive. Um, and we're not gonna do anything until it actually arrives, just in case there's like a train yard strike at the last minute and we can't get it from the train yard over to uh, Greater Than Games, our fulfillment center, um, in the US at least. Um, so I'm sorry about the uncertainty there. I'm sorry about the the, the variables involved, but um, when, it, when it arrives, we'll sell it to you. We don't wanna sell it to you before these things arrive. And we did, uh, and it is at that point, so this is kind of a moving target in terms of how long uh, we'll offer Smitten and how long we'll offer the 10% discount on our website. Because when these products arrive, we, we will uh, announce it and everything on our web store will, for the next like 10, to, 10 days to two weeks, somewhere in that range, will be at a 10% discount. Everything on the web store and every web store order will come with a copy of Smitten. Um, so those are the things that we're waiting forward to doing until these products arrive. Frank says, uh, the video is on the Dice Tower YouTube channel now. It was called At the Table, episode 10. Thank you, Frank, for mentioning that. Yeah, if any of you want to see one of the, I think one of the the, the smartest, uh, most uh, generous with information people in the industry talk about uh, to answer questions, check out this video. This is Frank West from the Isle of Games. Um, he was on the Dice Tower episode. It was At the Table, episode 10. If anyone wants to look up that link and post it in the comments, that would be awesome. I'm worried that I'll forget it by the time I get off this this, uh, this live stream. But Frank, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. I look forward to hearing the answer to that question. David says also Hex & Co. So there's a question about game stores, gaming-related things to do in New York City. David recommends Hex & Co. near Columbia University, I believe. Seth says, what kind of revenue do you get from Board Game Arena? Um, he says, I'm only familiar with the volunteer-made implementation, implementations that are not premium. Uh, yeah, we've made all of our games premium. Uh, we know how much development time went into them, and so we think they're worth paying for. And the cost to get Board Game Arena per month is so low. It's like $5 a month. Um, what kind of revenue do we get? It's in the tens of thousands of dollars per quarter, I believe. I think that's how we're paid. It might be per month. Uh, here, I'll, I'll look up an example here. I don't think this is necessarily private information. Um... Is it by quarter or not? Board Game Arena, let's see. Now, I don't have the Board Game Arena stats easily available. Now, maybe not 10 to, okay, I found one from earlier this year when we only had Viticulture on there and it was for, I don't know the period. I think this is a quarterly invoice or royalty statement and it was around $5,000. So it's, it's definitely not a huge amount of money. It's not. I mean, it's it's a it's a little bit of money, and we're hoping that some of the people that try the games there go buy the game elsewhere, or they already own the game, and this is an outlet for them to play the game in a different way. Yeah. Jen Wei says, "Always love to tune in to hear more news from you. Will there be 
app game versions of Red Rising or on Board Game Arena in the future. So Red Rising continues to be a thorn in my foot in terms of, is it a thorn in the side, thorn in my side, where is it? Um, thorn in my body somewhere uh, in terms of the lawyers for it. Uh, that's always been the biggest complication with Red Rising. And basically we do not have the digital rights to Red Rising. We only have the tabletop rights. And we don't even have the rights to put a tabletop version of the game in digital format. Um, so we can't do anything digital with Red Rising um, other than make a scoring app. We can do a scoring app. At the, but uh, yeah, unfortunately we can't do anything else yet um, because it's tied up in lawyers deciding whether or not they want to let us do that. So and I shouldn't only blame the lawyers. I think it's also probably uh, related to a production deal that I don't know about. This is hypothetical. I think Red Rising is probably in a production deal for TV or movie rights and uh, they included digital rights, uh, rights for digital, digital products for Red Rising. And so unfortunately not right now. Tom says, is the app available in Europe's iTunes stores? You know, I wasn't thinking about that, Tom. I don't know, uh, I wasn't aware that was a different iTunes store. I will ask our app developer about that. It, it should be, you can look up, I think it's called Stomeyer Scores, but I will ask about that. iTunes Europe. If it isn't, we'll get it over there, um, but it may not be there yet. Justin says, how different is the experience of playing a game that you designed versus games that you didn't design. It's always more nerve-wracking for me to play a game that I designed um, or published even because I am really, really focused on people having a good time. I want people to have a good time with it. Um, and uh, and I'm talking about pub published versions of games that, that I worked on. So there's that extra level of... Um, like I always hope people are having a good time. That's 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 always the goal when I'm playing a game, especially when I'm teaching a game with other people. But that is heightened, and uh, I would say a little extra exhausting. Um, so I, I think sometimes my favorite ways to play games that I've worked on is when everyone at the table knows the game really, really well and is really there to compete. And so then my attention can be on me competing with them. Uh, because that's that's kind of what we're all opting into rather than me catering the experience to everyone at the table. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often that way, though. Usually I'm either teaching teaching one of our games or um, playing games with someone who doesn't know the game very well yet. Chat says, you may have already considered this, but do you think it would be possible to include the rulebook for each game in the app? Um, you know, I, well, Chad, we have part of that. If you click on the Stillmeyer Games icon in the app, it'll take you to our website where you can get to the rulebooks. But that is several extra steps to get to the rulebooks. It is possible. I think that the tricky thing there, Chad, is that we do update our rulebooks um, from time to time. Little, little typos and things like that, little clarifications. And... Uh, Keeping that synced with the app version of the rulebooks could be a lot. That said, usually they're very small edits, so I think it's worth asking. I'll ask the developer um, if we could, if that's something that we could add. But if we do it, I can't guarantee the rules will always be 100% the current version of the rulebook. Hey, Keith, another one of my favorite publishers is joining us today, Keith from Thunderworks Games. Uh, that's great. I always like seeing fellow, fellow publishers pop in here. 
Jonathan says that he's enjoying the Board Game Arena implementation for Wingspan. Actually, this might be news. Yeah, this actually is news from last week. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned this. Uh, yeah, people have alluded to this. Wingspan is now on Board Game Arena, if you can't tell from the comments here. Uh, that I think that happened after last week's live stream, maybe on Friday or Saturday. So I need to make sure that I officially announce that in various places. I think I've already seen it on Discord and in the... Um, the Wingspan Facebook group, so I don't have to announce it there, but I need to mention it in, in, in e-newsletters. So I'll make a few notes about that. Yeah, Wingspan is now on Board Game Arena. John also recommends the store, The Complete Strategist in New York City, another gaming store there if you're in New York City. Justin recommends Sip and Play in Brooklyn. Bobby says, do the Viticulture and Tuscany Collector's Edition transfer over to the wine crate? Uh, Bobby, the... You, you can look at the dimensions of it on our website. The, the, uh, the, the box, the wine crate box that we recently made is a very specific size because it has organizer stuff in it. So uh, the components, the contents of the Viticulture and Tuscany Collector's Edition do port over. They come over, the, the insert in the wine crate is designed to hold all those components. However, if you're looking to take those boxes out of the collector's edition and put them into the wine crate, that does not work. The wine crate will not hold any game boxes. It only holds components. But it is designed to hold all Viticulture and Tuscany components ever made, including in the original collector's edition. Josh has his link to the article about uh, his journey to the Stillmeyer Games community and the gaming community in general. Jake says, are you excited for the announced Arc Nova expansion? I am. I am. Arc Nova is also one of the games that I, every time I play it, I see new things, I discover new things, I have new strategies. Um, it is not a game that I was necessarily itching for an expansion for because I think by default in the core box it has so much variability and replayability. Um, but, of course, I'm intrigued to see what they add with the, the expansion. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with it. For those of you who are joining us a, a little bit later, I mentioned earlier that I am wearing a shirt from Epic Loot Games. I posted a link much higher in the comments. Feel free to check that out if you like this shirt. And I did mention that it runs a little big, so go down a size if you normally wear a medium. Get a small version of it if you like this shirt. And I'm also talking a lot about the, the new Wingspan and Stonemeyer scoring app that we have now made available for free on iOS. It, will, it is in progress for being approved in the Google Play Store. should be there any day now. Um, all those links I'll put on our website when they are available. Or the iOS links are already on the on the, the website. George says, how, how about, uh, George is asking about the shipping situation for the various products that we're waiting on for the month of, so, uh, for our 10th anniversary celebration. He, George asked about, has the container arrived in the UK? The container has arrived in the UK. There was a shipping strike in the UK. So the, the, that container was a little slow as well. And so the, the, the containers have arrived for Australia and Canada. They haven't arrived in the US or the UK. The UK container, we're almost positive, will arrive this week. So we're just waiting on the US one. And we want to do everything at the same time. So that's why we're waiting to do all of them all at the same time after the US one arrives. Genway says, any updates on the ETA for the nesting box? As you can tell from this crazy shipping, shipping situation, um, I don't necessarily have an ETA on that yet. I, I don't want to estimate it until it actually arrives. However, the plan still is to start talking about um, Wingspan Asia and the net. Well, you already know everything about the nesting box. It's really about Wingspan Asia, um, which is coming at the same time as the nesting box in early October. So probably October 5th will be when we start to talk about it with a pre-order probably in early November.
Let's see. Uh, Josh says, is the 10% discount once these products arrive? Not re ready yet, but is the 10% discount on top of the 20% that champions get? And the answer is yes. Yeah. And if you forget the answer to that question, I definitely put that in our recent e-newsletters. E so you can see that there as well, uh, particularly the one for the champion. I think I put it in both of them because I wanted to let people know that in total, if you are a champion, you'll get a total of 30% off during the, uh, the, the anniversary, our 10th anniversary celebration sale, which is not active yet. It will be active when these products arrive. Jake says, is it redundant to say my game group is already smitten with smitten? Uh, I, I, I like that turn of phrase, Jake. I think you could say that all you want and I don't think it's redundant, no. Mark says, I love the three new promo realms. Will these be the last ones for 2022? I don't know, Mark. Uh, uh, I don't know yet. I, I, don't really, I don't necessarily have any plans either way yet. Um, well, let's, let's get these out there before I start talking about the next batch of promo realms. Lars says, are you coming to Essen and bringing these new expansions? No, we won't be at Essen. My coworker Alex will be there, but just to kind of meet with partners but uh, still my games won't be at Essen. I think some of our products will be there through Matigo and Foreland um, in French and German. Maybe Genos games might be there. 999 games might be there. So it might be Dutch versions of our games there. And I think Matigo might have some English versions of our games there as well. Seth says uh, about Borgy Marina, he says, I suppose it's dependent on how many people play the game. I believe, yeah, I believe the, the amount that you earn from Board Game Arena for any game is based on how many people are actually playing it. Yeah. Jerry says, I just got myself between two castles and its expansion. I have yet to play between two cities. Are there sufficient gameplay differences to consider getting between two cities essential edition when it's out? They are substantially different games. Yeah. I mean, they are both tile placement games with a drafting element. That part is similar. Also, the, the working with your neighbors part, but competing for a single victory is also... Uh, that's the whole series of games, the Between Two series. However, the um, the way you score and the way you build your cities versus your castle is very different. Your castle can go in all different directions. There are no restrictions there. Each tile has its own scoring mechanism in Between Two Castles. Whereas in Between Two Cities, there are much more limited ways to score. Like each version, each tile is almost identical to every other tile um, of that type. Um, so it's much easier to teach, it's faster to play, and you end up with a 5x5 five five grid, or 4x4 four four if you play the simple way, but 5x5 five five, uh, opposed to the zany castle, castle that you make with Between Two Castles. So what I generally hear from people is that if they enjoy one, they often like to get the other one uh, because they cater to different playing styles. Between Two Cities is much shorter. It's uh, it, it, The Essential Edition is probably around a 30-minute game, if you know the game. And whereas between two castles can go 45 to 60 minutes. So I would, I, I would play one. I would get castles. Um, see if you enjoy it. If you enjoy it and you decide you want a slightly lighter version in your collection, you can get between two cities. Um, and if you're just, if you think it's fine, but you, but it satisfies your need for that style of game in your collection, then, then you don't necessarily need between two cities. Michael says, is there anything to share about Tapestry Expansion 3? I am very excited to talk about the third expansion for Tapestry, um, which is almost definitely the final expansion for Tapestry. Uh, but uh, it's way too early to do, that, to do that at this point. So we are just in the um, entering production stage of that expansion right now. Bobby says, will the Tuscany Collector's Edition transfer over to the wine crate? Bobby, you may have asked this before, and I'm just entering it again. Um, but... Uh, the components in it transfer over to the to the wine crate. 
He also asks other plans to create an ultimate card cover rulebook for Wingspan similar to Scythe. If we ever know for sure that we are not making new content for Wingspan, then yes, we will make a rulebook like that for Wingspan. But we are probably around five years away from that at, at, at least at this point for Wingspan because we have uh, probably some promo packs and probably three expansions remaining, uh, Africa, Antarctica, and Latin America. Genway says, curious what type of materials are made up of the rulebook papers found on Wingspan. It's just a textured paper, special textured paper. Um, yeah, you can you can uh, get paper in a, a vast variety of textures. Uh, you, you just have to request some different samples if you want to try something different. Although I didn't, I, ha I have not had that. You mentioned Guilds of Merchant Explorers. I haven't had the experience of tokens slipping around on those boards. Like if you knock the whole table, sure things can slip around, but um, but uh, I, I didn't find that particularly slippy slidey. Chris says, is anyone not getting the Facebook notifications for this live cast? Um, yeah, Chris, I don't know why that would be the case. Maybe it's a, a, a notification setting or something like that. I haven't changed anything from my end. Let's see. Kevin says, back in April, you made a post on Board Game, on Board Game Geek that you would offer updated tapestry sieve mats on your website. Are we close to having those available? Kevin, we're still actually testing the sieve adjustments. So no, we haven't even gone to print with them yet. We're still testing them. We're going to test them a little bit more on Board Game Arena first, and then we'll probably go to print with them later this year, which would have them available in mid-2023, probably around then. We also might wait until after the third expansion comes out and then gather data from that and put that into those uh, those mats. So it'll, it's still, it'll be a little while before we do that. It is a process that we're actively still pursuing, though. There's a big, long thread on Board Game Geek about it. Ivan says... Sorry, let me see. Oh, okay. Ivan says, Yesterday we played Ark Nova. It felt like a Stillmeyer game since it feels like a trilogy to Wingspan and Mariposas. Do you agree with this assessment? Does Ark Nova feel like a Stillmeyer game? Um, a little bit. I mean, it doesn't play up to five players, so that's not a that, that would be not a Stillmeyer thing. Stillmeyer games always go up to five players at least. Uh, I think it does. What I, I think it does something that Stillmeyer games try to do, which have, has has a very distilled, streamlined action selection system with emergent complexity through cards and other elements at the table. Um, it also has an organic end game timer, which a lot of our games have. It is, I would say, more complex than most of our games. It's a step up in complexity from a game like Scythe or Tapestry, um, definitely from Wingspan, from, definitely from Viticulture. But, uh, but I think it's, it's, it's probably close to being in the realm of complexity of something that we would consider for our, for our games. But definitely on the upper edge of that, the upper, upper limit of that. Nancy James says, if there's a train strike, will your distribution be affected? Our distribution, I don't think, will be affected by a train strike. What will be affected um, is getting the game, getting games from port to our fulfillment center. Um, some of which are for distribution, but we send a lot of games directly to distributors by truck. Um, from port by truck. So... Uh, yeah, if there's a train. If there's a train strike, uh, it will definitely impact how our games get to our fulfillment center, in particular in the U.S. Yeah, that would be. It would be. Uh, it would be really bad, <laughs> for sure. Especially if that impacts the container that we've been already waiting on for 
uh, over two months now. Andrew says, is there an approximate price point for the Nesting Box Asia expansion? There's actually an exact price point. I'm just not sharing it yet. Uh, we don't announce price points until, uh, until the pre-order actually begins. Um, because, because we found if we, if we announce that too early, retailers will just start selling the product. And it's, we haven't even announced what the product is about yet. And so uh, we, we prefer to wait until, until we've officially announced what the product is and, um, and when we start selling it, and then retailers can start accepting pre-orders as well. Problems that we've learned from in the past. YX says, Wingspan is their number one game. Seems like with so many ex expansions, it would be beneficial to everyone to have some sort of some kind of scenarios campaign or legacy expansion. Any chance of that happening? There are some fan-made campaigns. I think the uh, the Nature Preserve is one of them. Um, that's on Board Game Geek. Uh, I think it is possible at some point that Elizabeth will be intrigued by the possibility of a of a campaign, a scenario-based expansion. But it's entirely up to what Elizabeth wants to do. Um, she is. Absolutely, the designer, the creative lead for Wingspan. So if, if she wants to, we could see it. If she doesn't, then, uh, then we'll see other different things that, that, uh, that she creates. She, she's a, a pretty incredible creator. I'm currently backing, backing her other game, The Fox Experiment, on board game, on, on, on Kickstarter. It's on Kickstarter. Let's see. Mark says, I recently won my first game of Ark Nova. I got an inspiration to design a fan realm for it. Thinking about posting it, but there's already a speculated official promo realm based on the stack of the Instagram posts. So I don't know if I can still post my fan design. Uh, we haven't announced anything related to Ark Nova, so feel free to do whatever you want with it. I mean, yeah, you can you can post fan realms as much as you want. Kristen says, am I considering backing Sagrada Artisans on Kickstarter? I actually did back it yesterday. Yeah, um, I, I love Sagrada. I asked Megan if she would be interested in, in playing the campaign with me, because she would probably be the person that I play it with, and she was interested. So yeah, I, I backed it just yesterday. My account, I don't know if any of you follow me on Kickstarter, but my account is under Stonemaier Games on Kickstarter. So um, if you ever see Stonemaier Games back something, that's me backing something for personal use, uh, paying my personal money for it. Yeah, but the account is under Stonemaier Games. Let's see. Uh, I see some other. I see a question here. Let me uh, look at our topics real quick to make sure I'm not missing anything. I actually, a big thing that I have not mentioned is that I spent the last few days at a big uh, cabin with a bunch of friends, um, a lot of Megan's friends that have become my friends, um, and we played games for a long weekend. We played not only like tabletop games, but also games that people came up with for the events, like big, large group games. We had a marble derby game that was a lot of fun. I hosted something based on the Squid Games, but I called it Marshmallow Game. Uh, the Squid Game show was based on the Squid Game show on Netflix. I called mine Marshmallow Game. Uh, it was very fun and interesting to run like a large group game. I think I'll do a video about it soon. There was a drunken spelling bee that was a lot of fun. We did some karaoke. We made and ate a lot of delicious food um, and some... We also had a Steven Universe party. I haven't ever watched Steven Universe. Have any of you watched that show, Steven Universe? We're thinking about trying it after um, after learning about it through this this event that was held. And some of the games I played while I was there were Dune Imperium, So Clover, Fantasy Realms, Quacks of Quinlanburg with all expansions, uh, Planet Unknown. In fact, I need to make a note about Quacks because I can do a video about that expansion now. Played the latest expansion for Quacks. Uh, and yeah, that was... 
it was, it was just a lot of fun to, to hang out for a few days and play a, such a wide variety of games, like big, large group social games that were designed for this group of people and tabletop games. Yeah, just a great time. Great time. Okay, Tony has some thoughts about boxes. He says he picked up the newest expansion for parks called Wildlife and was slightly disheartened to find that it would not fit into the original box. The base game has such a nice organizer, but it's not able to support the added content. This made me wonder, do you see more publishers, game publishers, overestimating the box size or interior storage going forward with the idea that it will prevent them from having to later release big box storage solutions? Would one option be more inexpensive than the other? I have a big post about this, Tony, on called, um, I think... I think it's called One Box to Rule Them All. It's on the Stillmire Games um, blog where I, I delve really, really deep into that. My quick and easy answer for it is I think the one way that I respect that, that well, not respect, but one way that I that I see when a publisher designs a really tight insert, a really great insert for the core game components, um, and then they have an expansion that comes out where it, it doesn't fit into that box. I almost see the best solution being that you just remove the original insert. Uh, because if you remove that insert, then the expansion stuff should fit into the box really, really well. So just to remove the original insert, as nice as it was, recycle it and put the uh, the new stuff in that box. I think in general, that is the, the best way to go for both parties involved. Um, because as you allude to here, big boxes are, like big organizer boxes are generally very expensive to make, very expensive to sell, and are not very efficient environmentally or in terms of freight shipping or parcel shipping. So avoiding that by doing doing something else, I think is, uh, whether that solution is removing the insert or something else is, uh, is I think, generally a good idea. Um, Sorry, just going through asking, looking for other questions. Jake says, am I interested in Clank Catacombs? I'm very interested in it. I pre-ordered it, pre-ordered it about a month ago and I'm eager to get it whenever they start shipping Clank Catacombs. Joshua says, have I ever thought about trying to acquire the rights to an out-of-print game and putting the Stillmire Games stamp of quality on a re-release? Uh, Joshua, we have done this actually for a game called Libertalia that came out 10 years ago. It's a game that I loved, and whenever I mentioned it, people would say, hey, would you consider getting the rights to it and making a Stillmire version of it? And so we did that. Um, we got the rights to Libertalia. I worked with the designer Paolo Mori to redesign a number of elements of the game to kind of bring them up to modern standards for gaming, for two-player play, for solo play. Uh, we changed the components. We updated the art, the setting, the environment, and the creation of ours is Libertalia Winds of Galecrest, which you can find on our web store right now or from a retailer. It's available everywhere right now. Uh, George says, how many printings occurred for Charterstone up until this moment? I think we've gone through four printings of Charterstone, which may not sound like a lot, but the first printing was really, really big, um, almost too big. And uh, yeah, so I think it's four at this point. It might be five, four or five. Chad says he has free inspiration for us today. He says, during the Nintendo Direct live stream, they showed a game where wherever you die in the game, you're not eliminated, but you age a number of years. Well, that's pretty cool. Each year of your life gives you benefits that come with age, like strength, wisdom, experience, but it also diminishes your youthful advantages, like speed, regeneration, creativity. 
This sounds like an engine builder tabletop game waiting to be made. Have you ever found inspiration from non-board game locations? I definitely get a lot of inspiration from video games. Um, I, I don't play a lot of video games, but I try to keep an eye on them to learn from them, learn the cool things like this. This is a really, really cool idea. Um, and I love this in particular because uh, there was a great discussion, I think, on the Board Game Co. YouTube channel recently about dying in games. Um, I generally don't like the idea, especially in a campaign game, I don't like the idea of having a character die, having my character die and having to reset a bunch of stuff and losing a bunch of time and progress. And I think this is a very clever solution to that. Rather than having you die, having you age. Um, that's really, really clever. That's a, that's, a, that's a really, really clever idea. I love that. Yeah, I don't think it would work with every game, but uh, I think it's a maybe great inspiration for an alternative mechanism to dying. Yeah. Tony says, what's your go-to karaoke song? We were doing a lot of like Disney classic songs. Uh, it was late at night. There was a little bit of alcohol involved and we were just having fun with it with some, with some classic Disney songs. Um, I would say the best one, the one that we nailed the most was the Little Mermaid song. Uh, is it, I don't know the name of the song. Part of this world? Under the sea? Part of this world, I think. Part of that world? Um, like the, the main song from The Little Mermaid uh, was, was a lot of fun to sing. But I also love Moana. I love Encanto, some of the more recent Disney movies. Those are a lot of fun to sing along too. Chad says, Steven Universe is a lot of fun. The episodes are only like 15, 20 minutes, so it's easy to watch. Plus, as an artist, I love the art of the show. Yeah, the art seemed to be a big part of this, this party that I attended that was related to Steven Universe. They had some fun costumes. They made um, uh, special drinks for each of the characters, which was really cool. Yeah, just made us curious about how this, what the show is all about. Jake says there's another expansion for Dune Imperium, too. I didn't actually realize there was another one of those. We played, when we played Dune Imperium this past weekend, we played with the expansion. Um, I think it was my third time with the expansion. It's a great expansion. Oh, and Mark's asking, I believe, Chad, what the name of the game is uh, that, that has characters age. George says, am I the only person here who loves expansion boxes? I think other people probably do. Carol says she likes them, but they're often an odd shape and hard to store. Nancy Jane has a compliment for the Royal Collector's Edition of Matt, Castles of Mad King Ludwig and its inserts. And I agree, yeah, it does have some really, really beautiful inserts. And they're dual-use inserts. It's, it's really neat. They, they have inserts in, in castles, the new version of castles, where you store all the tiles. But because you shuffle each type of tile and don't use all of them each game, there's a separate set of inserts. They're kind of trays where you put the tiles that you're using in that game. And in the tray, they print how many tiles for that player count that you should put in the tray, which I think is really clever. Mark says, is there going to be a restock date for the Euphoria, or is there a restock date for the Euphoria expansion, Ignorance is Bliss? I don't think we're currently reprinting it. It's not out of print. We will make more of it, but um, I don't think we currently have any more in print or in route. So um, I don't have a date for that right now, Mark. Alex says, Steven Universe is a great show as long as you give it a few episodes to set up the story background. I'm willing to give it a few few episodes, especially since the episode sounds so short. Nick says, I saw a month or two ago that Scythe Digital was picked up by a different digital publisher. Do you have any insights as to what new things they'll be doing with the game? Uh, Nick, I appreciate the opportunity to clarify this because Wingspan Digital or Scythe Digital was not picked up by a different digital publisher. Um, the game was originally created by a company called the Knights of Unity. 
and they eventually decided to partner with Asmodee as the distributor, the digital distributor for the game. And after working with Asmodee for a few years, they decided they just wanted to work on it by themselves, and they took the rights back from Asmodee. It was a conversation that we all had about it. So the original publisher, the Knights of Unity, is still the publisher. It's just not under the Asmodee brand anymore because Asmodee is no longer the digital distributor for it. I do, they are doing, as for the other part of your question, are they doing anything differently with it? They're kind of trying to make it uh, better. They're trying to improve the app uh, through some development stuff that I don't quite understand. It's under, under the surface stuff that they're working on that they have said they need to do before they can add other expansion content. So they're working on that right now. And actually, I'm glad you asked about that because uh, they, I've been trying to get some data from them about about uh, about kind of how how people are using the app, and I haven't gotten that in a little while. So I'll follow up with them about that. William says that the game with the aging players and characters is called Sifu. S I F U. Sifu. Pete's here. Uh, Pete says, not sure if I missed this earlier, but I saw that Wingspan is on Board Game Arena now. Yeah, that was uh, development as of last week. Wingspan is in beta on Board Game Arena. Public beta. Anyone can, can play it. He says, I was wondering how you get paid for having a game on that service and how this compares to having a standalone app. I own the digital game on Switch, but played the Board Game Arena version and thought it was great. Yeah, the Board Game Arena version is for playing against other human players, whereas the, the full digital version is for playing against the AI um, or playing against other human players. And um, we get paid, uh, we get, so we get paid for Board Game Arena, it's basically based on how, how many people, how many times the game is played by different people that, uh, that, that calculates into how much we get paid based on also how many total subscribers, paying subscribers Board Game Arena has. Um, that amount is very low compared to the amount that we typically get paid from our digital partners, um, especially for a game like Wingspan. Wingspan Digital is very, very successful. I'd say that one and Charterstone are the most successful digital games that we have. Then, uh, then uh, uh, Viticulture is next after that. Still waiting for the Tapestry app. I, I hope someday the Tapestry app is ready. I might check on that one as well. We don't get a lot of communication from our developers until the game is like actually ready. Um, just looking through for other questions here. George says, have I seen Boardwalk Empire by Martin Scorsese? I've, I've not seen Boardwalk Empire, no. That's an HBO show, maybe? Um, not a movie? Yeah, I, I have not seen that. Nancy Jane says that Wingspan was in a very quick beta. It's actually in full release today, so not, not just in beta. It is just fully available. That's awesome. I heard that Borgie Marina had one of their best developers work on it, Dan. I think Dan's done a wonderful job with it. Nick says he'd love to see the modular board inside digital or really any other expansion content. And yeah, what, kind of my recommendation to them was that they start out with either the modular board or encounters because I figured they would be the easiest to implement rather than the Wind Gambit or the Rise of Fenris. Uh, but yeah, they haven't... Uh, they haven't done the the reorganization, the behind under the surface, behind the scenes stuff that they needed to do. They haven't completed that yet. So, uh, yeah, I think it's still going to be a while before we get any side digital expansion content. 
Jake says, is the side universe ever adapt? If the side universe is ever adapted to live action, do you think it would work better as a film or TV series? Yeah, so we only have the tabletop rights to Scythe, but I would love to see that universe brought to life in TV or or um, or movie. I would go with a TV series. I think um, I, even though it would look awesome on the big screen, the the biggest of screens, I think the the stories told in that world might work better as a TV series. Give it a little room to breathe and grow. Um, oh, and actually, you're also asking. You're asking live action versus animated. No, you're asking it's film versus TV. Okay, answer that part. Let's also ask animated versus live action. You know, I really, I loved the show Arcane, which was animated. I thought the animation in that show was absolutely beautiful. I think it would be really cool to see an animated version of a of a side show. However, also seeing those mechs brought to life in live action would be incredible. So I'd go for either one. I'd love to see, I mean, I say this about Red Rising, say it about Scythe, Charterstone. I'd, I'd gladly see Charterstone brought to life or Libertalia, Euphoria. I would love to see any of our, our uh, brands brought to life on the big screen or the small screen. It would be so cool to see that animated or live action. Yeah, I, I'd love to see any of it. So today, if you're coming to us late, I mentioned that I'm wearing a shirt from Epic Loot Games. There's a link very high up in the comments uh, now that you can check out. I'll put that in the YouTube description as well. We have a new scoring app available on iOS and very soon on the Google Play Store. That is a free scoring app for Wingspan, and we're hoping to add other uh, other games to that in the very near future as well. Um, also, Wingspan is now available on Board Game Arena if you want to check it out there and play along with other human players either in real time or you can play not in real time on Board Game Arena. I talked about a little event that I attended this past weekend. That was a lot of fun. The, the event that I hosted there called Marshmallow Game was, it was a big, large group game that kind of took the schoolyard game concept from Squid Game and added a point system to it. So people weren't being eliminated. They were getting points based on these schoolyard games involving marshmallows. Um, that was a lot of fun to put on. And always interesting to see how people find loopholes like almost immediately in a game like this. And I had to try to close those loopholes to make sure everything went as planned, but also leave a little space for creativity. And I also mentioned that uh, the update for the 10th anniversary celebration stuff on our web store is now a little bit even later than I thought. I thought I was really hoping for early next week, but the word that I have is that the best case scenario is that the container will arrive late next week meaning that we probably we might start it over the weekend. If it actually arrives, we'll, we'll launch it right away. But um, and by launch it, I mean launch Between Two Seasons Essential Edition, launch the three new promo packs for Rolling Realms. And with every web store order, it'll come with a 10% discount and it'll come with a free copy of Smitten, my new cooperative one to two player game. Uh, all that stuff will launch probably either late next week or early the following week, depending on how things actually arrive. Lisa says that she can't wait for Tapestry Digital. I can't wait for it either. I'm glad that it's at least on Board Game Arena, but the digital version has taken a long, long time. It looks like we're, we're through all the questions today, through all the topics. So I'm going to go get to all these great questions that you all brought up during the live cast. Oh, I see we have one more question here. Chad says, I see that Draw and Hive are finished, blind playtesting, and only still working on solo design. Is this a fun part of the process? What are your main challenges after this point? Um... 
So the solo design is handled by Automa Factory. So after I am completely done with a multiplayer design, that's when Automa Factory gets to work on the solo stuff. And they've already been working on it a little bit for the, any game, but they really can't really push the solo design until the multiplayer design is finished. Um, I'm, not, I'm not involved in that process at all. That's completely Automa Factory stuff. Uh, the main challenges after that point in general are getting through pre-production, like making sure that, that everything that we've designed actually works for uh for production and uh i just noticed that walter has been sitting by me hi walter can we help you and uh, actually getting through production freight shipping all those things that happen when a game enters production let's see what walter wants to share with us today hey bud you want to say hi no he doesn't want to say hi but he's going to because he's very fluffy i missed out on my little boys the last few days because we were out of town but here's Walter to say hi and bye. Walter, you want to say hi to everybody? No, he won't even look at you. There he is. Here's his fluffy tail. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to sign off for today. I hope you have a wonderful day, Walter. And, um... Oh, Seth says, speaking of loopholes in your marshmallow games, reminds me of the Fun Problems podcast where they interview the creator of the show, Taskmaster. Yeah, I love the Taskmaster YouTube channel, too, where they show a lot of kind of short videos about people finding loopholes and some of the games in my marshmallow game were inspired by Taskmaster. So that was uh, that was a fun inspiration. Anyway, you all have a wonderful day. I'll be back next Wednesday, hopefully for some good news this time, other than just good news about digital stuff, apps and, and, uh, and Borgie Marina. Hopefully some good news about the 10th anniversary celebration. I'll see you then. Take care. Bye.